When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Championship show only on Ace Podcast Nation. I am your host, Sai. I'm joined by ex Premier League and Championship striker, Cardiff City legend, Mr. Andy Campbell. And as there is no Championship football this week, we are going to have a slightly different show. We're going to talk about all the Home Nations games. Andy's going to answer your questions on various subjects. This, uh, we're also going to discuss racism in football, which is quite ironic because we're filming this on Monday and uh, it's sort of kicking off again in the England and Bulgaria game. So uh, we're going to discuss that. And, uh, of course, the critically acclaimed, award-winning, 10-second segment that is fake Geordie Lingo Bingo. And uh, joining <laughs> me to talk all these subjects is the the fox in the box, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr Andy Campbell. Welcome, Andy. Good evening, my mate. How are we? All right. Not bad. Not good, bad good, at good. all. Boring anyway, that was uh, championship like not being on again. I find it hard not to swear when we got no championship football for some reason. I nearly did it straight away. It's just frustrating, mate. I just don't, I just, I I can't buy into it. I'm not buying into the, the, I don't know. Maybe it's because England have had a bit of a bad week. They're doing all right tonight, but the bit, you know what I mean? I I don't know. Even before, I wasn't getting excited. I just can't get get me head around it. It's weird, see, because like, you know, I am a proud Welshman. I love watching Wales play football, but like, I just, and I didn't even go to Cardiff week in, week out like I used to, you know, years yeah. back. And like, I just, international break just ruins it. And I think doing the, doing the podcast as well, I think it ruins it even more because I look forward to like chatting to you about all the games and going through it and that. And yeah. Yeah, well, I think, I think because we've had a good, good couple of weeks with loads of goals and loads of action and, and, some really good football games and big games, you know what I mean? And then you, you look at the fixtures and think, oh, it's the top two playing against each other, but then you've got to wait two weeks for the game to, to yeah. get played because you just think it's going to be next week and it's not. Well, uh, I yeah. Think, like, if you think as well, it's like the last international break, Swansea, Charlton, Luton, Leeds, Fulham to a lesser extent, a couple of other teams really struggled after the international break yeah. to get going. Mm-hmm. Um so it'll be interesting which teams are affected this time round. Yeah, which, yeah, which, yeah, well, yeah, which teams are affected for good and bad. Yeah, be interesting. Very interesting. Okay, so uh, hopefully we won't have any technical difficulties. Me and Andy were just talking off air because last week um, Andy did it from a different place and uh, we just had a few issues. And I was basically guessing the like the the end of what Andy was saying constantly, and uh, and then 
when I came to Edsley afterwards, I discovered that like I had to sew all the words back together. And it was it took me like three days to do, so it was a bit late. But uh, so far, so good. All my fault, sir. All my yes. fault. All my bloody Geordie internet. I'll take uh, I'll take responsibility. It's what happens when you uh, when you live in a different country like this? It's all backwards. We've only just got the internet. I've only got Wi-Fi. I know. Only just come in. You have to come back to Wales, mate. <laughs> so uh, just before we get going. There's nothing funny about that, mate, I say, as well. There's nothing funny about that. I'd run back, mate. It's every while, like, every while now. My legs, my legs would probably go about Birmingham, but I'd, uh, I'd give it a go. I'd give it a go. Right. Let's uh, get a couple of plugs out of the way, and the old sponsors, and then we'll get going. So, um, as usual, all our shows and series available video format, youtube.com slash Nation. Audio versions and all usual podcasting platforms Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and more. Uh, we've recently launched a brand new MMA show, which is the Danny Batten MMA show, uh, where myself and Danny Batten discuss the latest UFC shows. Uh, and uh, Andy, you, you, you're not a former Cage Warriors champion, are you? Uh, Danny is a former Cage Warriors champion and uh, is black belt and numerous martial arts much like Andy I'm sure so, don't uh, say that fact by the way that'll be a mismatch mismatch yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, today's show is brought to you by um, Away Day Apparel Away Day Apparel is a group of casually obsessed football fans looking to bring something different to the wardrobes of like-minded people with football music and weekend carnage high on the agenda they aim to bring you some exclusive products edgy controversial most importantly current from t-shirts, polos, to shorts, to hoodies, jackets and accessories. Stick with them and they aim to bring you terrace wear that will turn heads and provide the cutting edge look that you all crave. And uh, yeah, as I mentioned last week, if, if anyone was able to hear it because the connection was so bad, I um, I saw some of the new stuff recently and it's smart. So, yeah, incredibly weird as usual. It's uh, no... In- no championship games means it's all a bit strange, but it means we can do something a bit different on the show. So we'll uh, we'll go through the the home nations results for the week. We uh, we'll discuss the England game from tonight a little bit and what's gone on, but obviously we can't discuss the game in any detail because it hasn't finished yet. Um, so let's get get into it. Uh, first up, we had uh, Netherlands three, Northern Ireland one. Um, Northern Ireland's hopes of qualification suffered a big blow, and they had done yeah. so well. Yeah, I think so. it, it, it couldn't have been a worse group for them. You know, I mean, we spoke last time in the national big side about you know, I mean, you, anyone who gets Holland at the minute with with the with the players who've got uh, from Ajax last year, who've got moves, and Germany are always strong, and you know, what I mean, they've, they've done really well. Probably punched above the waist, but you know, what I mean, yeah. You go to you go to the Amsterdam Arena. You keep it tight for so long. You take the lead with 15 minutes to go. You think you've got a chance to hold on, and to go away from it with a three-one defeat is, is is probably heartbreaking. I know they went for it at the end and um, and give it a, give it a right go. And they should be proud of themselves. You know what I mean? That they, they, they should be extremely proud of, of how they've done in the group. But you don't get anything for third place now. You know what I mean? So with the way that the games have gone and Germany won again last night, that it is now looking likely that they won't qualify just because of a a tough result in Holland last uh, on over the weekend and it's uh, such a shame because like I say that you know what I mean a lot of the players are championship players or, or, or less 
you know what I mean? Some of them and um, with a couple of Premier League players thrown in and or squad members thrown in even, I would say. But, uh, but no, it's, it's it's always nice for the home nations to do well. We've always said we always like the home nations to do well. It's just a, it's one of those groups where if they'd have probably played in the same group as England played in or maybe it's what Scotland have been in, they would have had a better chance to qualify. Yeah, they had a, you know, when you've got Germany and Holland in the same group, it's going to be tough whoever yeah. you are. Um, yeah. And I like I the thing I always point to, I think I pointed to it in the last time we did a show on the international break, um, Josh McGuinness scored again. Um, he always seems to score for him off the bench. He was a goalkeeper for Cardiff up until, I think, under-18s, under-19s. So it wasn't one of them where he changed when he was a kid. He was a, um, he was either a professional or like a YTS, and he changed yeah. from a goalkeeper to a striker. And he's one of the one of the you know first choice strikers for the international team, which you know speak speak not to discredit him. He, he scores regularly for them, um, but in terms of just the depth of you know players and the pool of players that they can pick from compared yeah, to it's countries. Big volume, doesn't it? Yeah, well, it does because it's it's it, the whole leagues the the pools are, are done on rankings, and you know what I mean. When obviously Holland haven't done very well over the last what probably five, six, seven years. So now the Ajax teams and the PSBs and, and, and the players who've gone to Juventus and gone to Barcelona, they're starting to do well now. Germany are obviously seeded first, so it's it's always going to be tough for them in a, in a, in a group like that. And it, it's such a shame because they, they're going to qualify for, for, for last, the last major tournament and all of a sudden they find themselves out the depth a little bit now. You know what I mean? So obviously it's going to take, it's going to give them a hit and probably make, make them not make the next... Um, Obviously, the next qualifications, but then it's obviously going to make the rankings lower for, for the next time the groups are made. And it's just such a shame because it's just like you say, we say it all the time we want the, the home nations to do well because you know, I mean, a lot of our championship players play for play for Northern Ireland, play for Scotland, you know what I mean? So, we're talking about these players regularly, week in, week out. And we know how well they, they can play in the championship, but international football is, is, is a level above in, in certain games, you know what I mean? Obviously, you know, I mean, England tonight are playing a, a for me, playing a very, very poor side, so. A team like Northern Ireland would, would would suit this kind of group, but it's such a shame that, that obviously they got they got put in the group of death, so to speak. Yeah, indeed. And I think, like you know, when they were when they qualified for the Euros in France, they did really well. You know, they only got knocked out to the uh, to the mighty Wales semi finalists, but uh, you know, yeah. it's like they did really well while they were out there. They got some good results. They performed well, and I think you know. Like you say, with a better, you know, with a better group in terms of opponents, they maybe yeah. would have had a better chance. But I thought they played really well. They uh, they frustrated Holland for 75, 80 minutes. Uh, yeah, and like you say, they took the lead. And then here's a question for you: Do Man United regret selling Memphis Depay now? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. But thing is, I say, and and I've I've had this argument with with, with people, and people go on about. Man United players and, and, and they don't regret, you know what I mean, losing these, these kind of players. But certain players don't work out at certain clubs. I get that. But sometimes clubs are so quick to um, to get rid and offload because they think, you know what I mean, people got to remember that these, these players are moving countries, they're moving houses, they're moving to a foreign country, they've got to move their families, the kids into schools, and it's, it's such a change in lifestyle, you know what I mean? So it's not just the football. The football pitch is the same. It's the same size. There's 22 players on the pitch. New teammates because you could move in the same country. It doesn't. That doesn't matter. But it's it's off the pitch. You know what I mean? You're only on the pitch for 
a, a minimal of minimal time really you know what i mean so i think clubs are, are very quickly to to jump on this and and to and to blame probably players not settling in quickly enough and and and, and to offload and as he's gone back to to holland and you know what i mean the rest is history you know what i mean he's he's he's, he's ripping it up he's, he's potentially going to go to 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 a, a major final you know what i mean and if holland are playing as well as they are doing going forward he's going to look a world beater because he's he's scoring goals he scored i think he's got two against germany last month so you know what I mean? He's having a he's having a very good time, and um, and long may it continue because you want good players to play well. You know what I mean? And and I like the success stories of players who haven't made it at certain clubs, and, and sometimes it makes it more sweeter when it happens at Man United. So it's uh, it's always quite nice. He um yeah he moved to Man United. I think he was eighteen or nineteen. He's only about yeah. twenty. I think he's twenty three now, maybe twenty four. Yeah. You know, he's, yeah, he's, he's so, so young, mate. So young. Mm. You know, the thing is, I said, this could have this could have happened with Ronaldo. This could have Cristiano Ronaldo could have had the same thing. Do you know what I mean? And then and then there would have been the biggest mistake in the world because you know what I mean. Luckily enough, Fergie gave him an opportunity to um, uh, to to have a platform and, and and to play his football week in week out. But you know what I mean? Obviously, Fergie wasn't there for the majority of this of, of his time. So it's you know what I mean. Obviously, yeah, your Mourinho's, yeah, David Moyes. You know, I mean, these 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 managers have got to be the, probably the ones who take responsibility for for uh, panicking a little bit before uh, before a decision really should have been made. Yeah, and the thing is, he um, Ronaldo wasn't very good for the first eighteen months, two years of his United career. Yeah. He, you know, you could see there was something there, but his end product wasn't there. He would hold on to it too long. He wouldn't. Didn't score goals. Yeah, wouldn't pass. And then now, you know, he's one of the greatest players ever. Which you know. Yeah. Oh, in in today's day and age, especially at United, I think he would be he would have been sold. You know, look, yeah, yeah, I agree. They they didn't even hang around, and I get it with Sanchez because he's on so much money, he wasn't performing. But like he's a proven commodity, and they gave him what a year basically, yeah. and then and he didn't really play in that time. Um, no, no, no. So you don't just like just like managers, you don't get time. No, you've got things that you've got. You've got to feel sorry for players because you know what I mean. They, they, I get the pressure at the top clubs is different to the pressure at certain sides, but you've got to give players an opportunity to uh, to settle in, to play well. You know what I mean? To move countries, to settle. You know what I mean? It's a player on the pitch. You don't know what's going on off the pitch if his if his family can't settle, if his kids aren't happy at school, and there's loads. Of, there's loads of factors which which you know what I mean. And I think it's only playing myself and having to move. You know what I mean to to different areas that yeah. That you take that into account, you know what I mean? Is sometimes it can be a lot, be a lot harder for certain people to do it, and there's and then potentially sometimes there's there's language barriers. Obviously the, the Dutch and um, the English language, you know what I mean? But Steve McLaren helped that with his uh, with his English Dutch. Mm-hmm. That we can uh, that, that that's, <laughs> that's always good. So it's uh, it's always a winner. Yeah, and uh, do you know what I think people don't take into account enough, particularly for young players? Uh, these young guys who like make big move early in their career to over to England is that they come over with their girlfriends, not their wife or the, the mother of their kids. Cause they often then, you know, they haven't had kids yet because they're still young, but they come over with their girlfriends. It can sometimes be the first time they've lived together. The girl might not, you know, so whereas they're like the footballers, they might know a bit of English from playing in the champions league and, you know, doing whatever. Whereas the partner, the girlfriend she might not know any english so then you've got a young girl who's left alone each day for football training 
for traveling, for games and stuff. She's on her own. If she doesn't bring any family with her, she's got no friends, she doesn't speak a lot of English, that's going to cause friction because yeah. after, a few, after a few weeks, she's going to be telling, you know, uh, boyfriend, partner, the player, you know, I'm not happy. And if you, yeah. you know, if your missus is not happy, it's not long before, you know, you're not happy. And that's also, it's also the area as well, isn't it? You know what I mean? Manchester, you know what I mean? The notoriously, the weather's not great. You know what I mean? Everyone's yeah. the one living in London. You know what I mean? There's, there's better shopping, there's a better lifestyle, better restaurant. You know what I mean? It's, it's and the thing is, though, like you just said there, wives and girlfriends can have a massive impact on, on where people go and play the football. And it's, you know what I mean? Sometimes it's not always the best, uh, the best case and the best policy. And, you know what I mean? And sometimes things don't work out for that very reason. Yeah, funny enough, we got a question about uh, footballers' wives later. Oh, uh, interesting. Uh, but not not about you personally. You'll be happy to know. But uh, it's about. I don't, I don't want to throw me on stance on it. I'm sure you can. Uh, I'm sure you can guess the story from this week, which it'll be about. Um, yes, sir, I think I can. So next up, we had uh, Wales versus Slovakia, which was one-one. Uh, um, yeah, I was, I, was, I was disappointed with this, me, mate. I, 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 you know what I mean? I heard all the reports. I heard, um, I didn't watch the game live, but I think first half I thought they were excellent. And uh, I seen the goal. Uh, Moore scored himself an, an excellent goal. Uh, I thought Daniel James and Gareth Bale were, were electric. I thought they were excellent. I thought they just they just caused, and, and Johnny Williams as well, just caused threat after threat after threat. You know what I mean? The, the ball would go long forward to, to Moore. And they just picked the pieces up, and, and they just couldn't live with the front four. And but they needed that second goal. I think that, and we go on about this in the championship. And sometimes I think Wales over the years have been used to keeping clean sheets and um, and getting over that line with with, with the one 0 victory. And you know what I mean? They haven't got the the Danny Gabadons and the James Collinses and the Ashley Williamses, and you know what I mean? And the strong back four what they've been used to under Coleman. And um, and I think they need now that second and third goal to to have a chance to, to win a game nowadays because, you know what I mean, one goal's just not enough. And I think that proved in the second half when uh, when Slovakia came into the game a little bit, created a couple of chances and, and got themselves level, probably deservedly so at the time. But I think Wales's first half display was was so dominant, they should have been out of sight. Yeah, they definitely should. Um, and you're right about the defence. Like, Ashley Williams, a couple of years ago, was just colossal for Wales. And, like, I'm not, I'm not his biggest fan, but, like, he is... He was so good for Wales that he, you know, he usually grew on me because he was just so good for Wales. And, you know, obviously he's had some issues with he didn't have a club for a while. And then he's finally getting back to form, but he hasn't played, he didn't play. Uh, he didn't yeah. start. Um, I think, yeah, you're right. The first 40 minutes, I thought Wales were ex- really, really good. Um, second half, Slovakia were always going to, you know, come back into it a little bit. But I thought Wales were very poor. Um, they gave the ball away. Some horrendous tackles from uh, Slovakia going in. Yeah, to be fair, they, they got they got a red card justified as well. But things are what, what I will say, Sam. I was quite impressed with um, with Gareth Bale's tactics in the first half because I was I was quite impressed with his his brave call of of putting Moore in the tide and and his team selection and the way that he set up because you know what I mean he's being brought up on this intricate style of playing football and pass 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 and and for him to go more direct and. And to play long balls in the box and to play long balls forward and work on scraps a little bit, you know what I mean? That shows that he's playing 
with the players that he's got. He's not he's not trying to get the players to play in a certain way. He's playing to the players' strengths, and you know what I mean. Which I think is a, a great trait for a manager. You know what I mean? Because I just think that you know what I mean. The future is bright for him because he's worked with Man United players. He's, he's obviously played with some of the best players in the world. He's won everything as a player going. Um, so now to to work with with some players and hopefully get them get them to another level and, and make them even better is is obviously something that that, that Ryan I think will, will be able to do. Yeah, the thing with Wales is, um, you know, obviously Bale, his quality, he scored so many goals for Wales and assists and stuff. But actually, especially with Daniel James now, Wales miss Aaron Ramsey more than they miss yeah. Gareth Bale. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And some people won't agree with me, but when Aaron Ramsey doesn't play, they have to completely change the way they play. Um, mm. And by putting more up front, it just gave them a focal point for... Bale and James to work off and Johnny Williams had a really good game but he's not Aaron Ramsey he's a good no, he's player not. and I feel like he's got the quality to be a you know a decent Premier League player but yeah. Aaron Ramsey is in my opinion he's when you know he's in top sort of 15 20 midfielders in Europe he's when yeah. he's fit and he's you know he's in form he's superb and he creates a he gets everything going for Wales going forward and they miss him massively. If you'd have had uh, Daniel James on the left, you've got Gareth Bale on the right, you've got Ramsey in the middle. You know what I mean? It takes, it takes more players out of the game because the defenders have got to focus more on those three players where yeah. when you've only got the two of them, they can double up on Gareth Bale, they can double up on Daniel James a little bit and then all of a sudden you're isolated and you're hoping for Johnny Williams to do something where you know Aaron Ramsey's going to do something. You know Gareth Bale can do something, even if he's got one or two men on him. But when he's got... It could be just a run what Gareth Bale makes. He can run off the ball, and then all of a sudden he's creating space for somebody else. But you also need that quality to, to put the put the ball in the net or put the ball in the box. You can't just rely on a, a little bit of luck and a little bit of fortune. So, you know what I mean? Johnny Williams is a good player. Of course he is. But like you say, he's no Aaron Ramsey. He's no Gareth Bale. Yeah. Do you think, um, say Wales, worst-case scenario, don't qualify? Do you think they should stick with gigs? Um, I, I think he deserves another another two years and another I think a, a full another full qualification stage. I, d I definitely do. You know what I mean? I think um, I look at the league. Uh, to, to be fair, Slovakia I think probably will qualify ahead of Hungary. Um, obviously, Croatia look like they've more or less qualified. Um, obviously, with the with the draw the other night, I think that was enough for them. You know what I mean? But. It's a big ass now for Wales to get to get to get to get the qualification. I just, I just, I just think, I just, I just think he deserves deserves an it deserves a chance, me. I just think he deserves yeah, an opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I disagree with you about the uh, the qualification though, because if Wales win their two games and Croatia beat Slovakia, Wales go up. Um, I think they finish second. So, oh, okay. Um, and even Hungary Hungry play, yeah, Hungary play, Hungary got even, one more game, and Hungary play Wales last game. So yeah. So I mean, okay, yeah. you know. It's, 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 it is a big ask because we have we don't seem to score a lot of goals. But if they win their two games, they've got a very good chance of at least making the playoffs. Um, As a buyer, you know, hungry at home. Yeah. Home games, crowd will be up there. Yeah. But yeah. with Wales, it's the same for Northern Ireland, Ireland, Scotland. Is You've got to keep your top players fit. If Bale's out, if Ramsey's out, if Daniel James is out, it's big, big, huge issue because... You just haven't got, you know, Harry Wilson and Tom Lawrence. Yes, they're decent. They can be good. Yeah. But they're not that level of player. 
here's the question for, here's the question for you this like um millennium stadium would you go back and play there no i Why? wouldn't um because the Cardiff city stadium has been really good for wales being full and hostile and loud the millennium stadium would wouldn't be full so you just got like an empty stadium I also am not a massive fan of the Millennium Stadium for football because it doesn't hold in the um, hold in the noise. Um, right, okay. So I prefer it at the Cardiff City Stadium. With a I'm, back, I'm going back in there. Bob, going back in the day when uh, Italy played at the Millennium Stadium and we oh, yeah, beat two one. When uh, when Gabs marked uh, Del Piero at the game and the atmosphere that that night was I think it was a Tuesday night yeah. or a Wednesday night and that was just oh that was that was electric. You're not playing Wales, are you? You play, are you not, sorry, you're not playing Italy, you're playing Hungary at home. And you know, I mean, are you going to get 80,000 people going to watch Hungary at home on a so, Monday I night? Go there. I, I, wouldn't go, I wouldn't move there like on a permanent basis. For the something on it, like him, maybe, depending on the opponents, as long as they put the yeah. roof down. Um, possibly the, if you know if they if they beat Azerbaijan comfortably and they go into the Hungary game knowing that you know like a two goal win will I'll take them into it then I would contemplate it but my gut says that I would prefer it to be in the Cardiff City Stadium hostile as hell the fans behind yeah. the team and stick to what's done and you know what's what's been working for them. I just, I just think sometimes, yeah, maybe, maybe they could freeze in a in a big in a big stadium in a big atmosphere. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that could do the the Welsh a bit of a I don't know, a bit of a bit of a favour. But you just yeah, never know because yeah, you just don't know. Do you? Yeah, well, yeah. Or, or, or it could lift them. Or it could. Yeah, it's got to be full. Yeah, that's the, that's the, and that's the risk. So if it's not going to be full, then there's no point doing it. You'd rather yeah, have them, the the kind of city stadium rocking full to the brim on a. Whatever night it may be, when uh, when they, when they come back for the last game of the, the last game of the qualifying to to go through, because you know what I mean they, they can suck the ball into the goal at that stadium. So you know what I mean. I, I think I probably agree with you. And the thing is, even if say say in the Cardiff City Stadium it's not full and there's only say eighteen thousand there, those eighteen thousand will be the hardcore who go home and away, who yeah. who go to every home game, the ones who don't go away. They're the most vocal, the most loud. They'll be. Whereas you can put those eighteen thousand in the Millennium Stadium, they'll all be scattered about yeah. the bigger stadium that loses. Do you see what I mean? So it's it's difficult yeah. to to know because I agree with you that Italy Wales game was one of the best games I've ever seen from you know from a Welsh point of view. Craig yeah, Bellamy yeah. was on fire. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was electric, electric. Okay, so next up we had uh, Russia beating Scotland four 0 it's a big, oh, disaster, big blow. Disaster, disastrous, yeah, disastrous. And um, Clark's just had. I, I, sometimes I, I, I do wonder why 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 managers leave good jobs to go into the international fold, and and not 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 in every job. You know what I mean? Ryan Giggs is is is, is a proud Welshman. He's, he's, it was a step up for what he was doing. I don't see what Steve Clark's gone to is a step up to what he was doing. He was doing. He, he took Kilmarnock from probably relegation form to Europa League and then all of a sudden he goes and gets a Scotland job. He's a passionate Scotsman, I get that. And he wants to represent his country, I get that. But if this doesn't work out the way that, well, the, or probably the way that it's going to work out, then 
is it is it is he not a failure? Is he not going to lose his job? Is he going to dent his his hopes of getting a better job? You know what I mean? It, the the real the realism of of being the Scotland Scotland manager is you're never going to qualify. You know what I mean? Because the rankings don't lie. Their group they're always going to get a tough group. It's just it's just an impossibility for for them to um, to qualify. I think at, 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 with the current climate, the current group of players that they've got. You know what I mean? I look, I look at their group side and uh, Belgium. You know what I mean? They've won every single game right, with a candor. You know what I mean? Russia are, are strong at the minute, really strong. They're behind Cyprus. You know what I mean? San Marino, Kazakhstan are two points behind them. Kazakhstan, I think, uh, got. A, did they get a positive result to beat them? Beat them not so long ago. Um, yeah, they beat them 3 0. So, yeah, this is just. It's disastrous. And, you know what I mean? It's just it's just such a tough time for, obviously, a Scotland fan. I remember um, Euro 96 when you've got. Um, Ali McCoyce, you've got Gary McAllister, you've got Andy Gorham, you've got Colin Hendry. These warriors, these lads who, who, who they were Premier League players at the time, you know what I mean? The Scottish football was on the up because Gaza was there and Celtic and Rangers were battling week in, week out, full of Scottish players. It's it's just not the case anymore. And, you know what I mean? Scottish football needs to take a step back a little bit and, 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 and go down a path of similar to what England have done, really. You know what I mean? They took a step back, they've gone down the a route of younger players. You know what I mean? The same, same as the Welsh you've done, same as Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland, and you know what I mean. It's the transition, but transition's got to start. You know what I mean? And it's going to be a long, long process because in national football, some teams, the, the, the French, the Dutch, the Belgians, the, even the English, you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're picking up, um, and, uh, and unfortunately, teams like Scotland are on the on the decline. Yeah, I mean, here's a question for you: Did um... Did Rangers going into the administration and getting, you know, having to start again, did that damage the international team? Yeah, oh, it's, it's got to have an impact because you've you've got players, Si, who, um, uh, Lee McCulloch, he stayed there from, from, from when they went down. Um, Wallace, left back from, from Hearts, he did the same thing. He was, a, he was an international, he's a Scottish international footballer, uh, left back. So all of a sudden you've got these these players who they're playing League Three or League Two Scottish football in front of no disrespect, you're playing in front of a couple of hundred people every other week. Granted, you're playing against fifty thousand people every other week as well, but the game's not challenging. Scottish football, you know, you know, you might you go you going from playing against a part-time footballer one week to playing against an international footballer the next week. This just doesn't it doesn't it doesn't get you ready for mentally and physically to to perform at that, at that kind of level and you know what I mean it, it, it's had a massive impact I think because the money and the players that Rangers have had to bring in the standard of players you know what I mean and the players that Scott, they used to be able to attract the best Scottish players they could I don't see that now I don't see that now I see them getting especially under Stevie G they're getting all, in, all England players who've um, who've had good careers who who, uh, who can go into Scottish football and probably prolong their career a little bit you know what I mean, and that's not me being disrespect- disrespectful to Scottish football. I just see that that's the kind of plays he's bringing in at the minute, and uh, and I think Scottish football at the minute is on a on a huge decline. Yeah, and I think like years ago, where before Rangers had all their issues, you know, Rangers and Celtic could attract some of the top footballers around Europe. They had Brian Laudrup, Henrik Larsson, Gaza. You know, you had top, top footballers go in there to play for them because they knew they could play Champions League football, they could get trophies, they'd have a good battle between the two. Yeah. And now it's just, it's not quite the same. You know, hopefully 
Gerard and can get it back to where it was eventually. But I was speaking to a Scottish friend of mine who said I was asking him like the the sort of difference between League One in England to League One in Scotland, and he said there's not even a comparison. Uh, comparison. He said like League Two and Three in Scotland or League Two in Scotland is literally the equivalent of like the non-league in the mm. English pyramid is that why yeah. it's like you know a lot of them are part-time footballers and that's no disrespect yeah. to them but it's, no, no, no. It, it just is what it is isn't it um mm. and like wales scotland have got a small pool of players to pick from um mm. scott mctominay was out not in this game but in the san marino game was outstanding you've got john mcginn yeah. so they've got some, no, really again, young, got some yeah. really younger players coming through but you know, it's not enough to have one or two. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to be, it's going to be tough for them. You know what I mean? The need. You look at, you look at England and the transition that they've gone through. You know what I mean? That England went through a stage of there was no English players playing the Premier League, so that you 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 are calling players um, from to international stage who aren't playing with regular football, and I think that's what you're doing for Scotland. You know what I mean? McTominay, he's, he's playing more regular than that. I thought he would he would do. Um, you've got Andy Robinson playing week in, week out for Liverpool. John McGinn playing really well, but probably outside those three, you know what I mean. You're not you're not really looking at any any more big names. You know what I mean. You're spying on your team. You know what I mean. Where's your centre forward? You know what I mean. Where's your where's your big number nine? Where's your where's your number ten who can create chances with McGinn? Because teams are going to get wise to them. Like I just said there about Gareth Bale and Ramsey, that you mark John McGinn out of the game. Who's who's going to who's going to then step up to the mantle and, and take over? And it's such a it's such a cutthroat thing, and you know what I mean. And, and 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 as well, when you're playing against teams like Belgium, for example, you know what I mean. They don't really worry about the the, def- the defending part. They just go at you constant, no, and and hit you for three, four, five, six, or seven. And what chance have you got? Well, it's like um, like the best thing for Wales for Gareth Bale was Daniel James because suddenly teams have got someone else that they have to be. They can't just double up on yeah, Ramsey because yeah. they can't leave Daniel James and I think like Scotland have got a history of having really good centre forwards Duncan Ferguson yeah, yeah. Andy Gray yeah. Um, yeah Adam McCoy yeah Adam McCoy was top and I mean they just don't seem to have that at the moment as an no. you know as an outball almost like the goals seem to come from McTominay who's a you know a holding midfielder really Jim mm. McGinn and, you know, but you look at all the goals, the goals, all, all, all the goals last time you've got McGinn scoring a hat trick. You know what I mean? McTominay. You've got um, uh, the lad from Celtic, Armstrong. You know, I mean? they're all midfield players. That, that, that it's, it's a fact. All midfield players scoring goals. You know what I mean? Wait, you sent a forward against San Marino. Should be the one who, who goes and gets three, four, three, four, five goals because if that mm. was if that was England and Harry Kane, you're guaranteeing Harry Kane scoring a hat trick. It's guaranteed. And you, you want sometimes, yeah. To breed confidence and get your uh, get your team and your centre forward a name for himself. Yeah, so I mean, in the Russia game, uh, Scotland didn't take have a shot until the seventy fourth minute. No, and by um, then, by then, yeah, by then you're out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, and uh, I thought fair play. There, there, there were two Russian lads, um, which I'm going to butcher their names. Glofkin was incredible. He's so creative, yeah. so good. Quality and quality. Um, Dai Zuba. yeah. Well, well it, it was when the, it went in the, in the major tournament in Russia. You know what I mean? They they 
they came to the forefront for me and, and, and their attacking players, I thought they were excellent. And, um, you know what I mean? And I, uh, Russian football has is, 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 is been a, quite a false minority, really. People think that people only go there for the money. You know what I mean? There's some very good footballers in Russia. You know what I mean? And, and I think it's proven in this qualification that Russian football is, is on the up a little bit. And uh, and I think in a major tournament, they could, uh, they could upset a few teams. They won't go on and win it, I don't believe, because there's, there's too many good sides. But... You know, I, mean, I wouldn't like to play them with uh, with their, their, their attacking attacking minded players creating chances like they do and and going forward like they are because they they can be a threat and they cause you problems. Yeah, I mean, who does Golovkin play for? Do you know? I think uh... I think he plays in Russia. But um, so just the last thing I'll say on the Scottish group: Belgium's goal difference is plus twenty nine, and San Marino's is minus forty three. Minus so... forty three, yeah. Golovkin plays for Monaco. Oh, there you go. He, is, uh, he, he must have gone there quite recently then, I would assume. Yeah, he's just gone there in the summer there, yeah, he's gone in the summer. Okay. Uh, next up, Czech Republic 2, England 1. First time they've lost a qualifier in 10 years. A 43-game yeah. unbeaten run gone. Mm. Sloppy. Um, to be fair, I, I, it was it was it was massively deserved because uh, apart from uh, the early penalty from Harry Kane, I thought, it, and I, I'll use the word arrogant and arrogance because I I thought a lot of the England England players just thought that was going to be a washover and a and 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 to go win that game three four five and I and I think that's such a wrong attitude to have and you know what I mean sometimes those records are there to be broken and you know what I mean uh, like I, I know where. We're on the air now, and England are five 0 up against against Bulgaria, against a really poor side. But you can't take your take your foot off the pedal if you want to win all these games and break records. You can't take Czech Republic away from home to be to, for granted and lightly. You know what I mean? That you want to up, you've got to go and get that second and third. And you let teams back in the game. You can't defend set pieces. You give the ball away too many times. All of a sudden, second half you don't perform and you don't want to get on the ball and all these big name players don't perform. You know what I mean? We're not just talking about one, two, three, four. Yeah. So I'd probably say seven, eight, nine, we're at an off day. And then all of a sudden you find yourself two, one down and, and they were in panic mode last five, 10 minutes, slamming balls in the box. You know what I mean? Like complaining to the referee and you know, that's not England. You know what I mean? England have over the years, especially you just said there, 10 years that, um, to create, to create chance after chance, go goal after goal, like like Belgium have done this this year, and um, and but England fully deserved to lose the game, and and rightly so, you know what I mean, which which makes the group a little bit more interesting. I think tonight's result gives them a little bit more breathing space for from the Czech Republic, and uh, and I think that I think the next game when they go and play Kosovo at home in, in November, that obviously that'll seal that'll seal the qualification. Yeah, I haven't seen um, an England team give the ball away as much for a very long time. I thought they were yeah. real sloppy in possession, um, yeah. and the, of course, I thought when I thought um, like you know, I don't pay as much attention to England's uh, team selection and stuff like that as I do to Wales. But um, I found it interesting that you had Harry Maguire and Keane as centre backs for this big game, and both. Are playing in teams which aren't doing great. Uh, Keane's been struggling for form this year. He was good at the back end of last year, but this season he's been struggling. Maguire yeah. has been pretty good, but he doesn't look confident, probably because of what's going on around him at club level. And I found yeah. it interesting that they went. He sort of went for those two, 
um, for this. You know, it's a big game, a away game, which was going to be tough. Same playing Trippier over Trent Alexander-Arnold. I just felt like he maybe got the selection wrong as well. Uh, but, the thing you know, is, I say, you, just, you just said it there. You just said it there. Um, John Pickford struggling at Everton. Michael King struggling. Harry Maguire struggling. Um, Danny Rose struggling. Um, Declan Rice struggling. Um, Harry Kane struggling club level. There's too many players there not playing well enough in the, in, in, in the club. Uh, Raheem Sterling doing well. Sancho doing well. Uh, Henderson doing well. Trippier are probably on the fence there because um, because he's obviously moved to a different country. But Trent Alexander-Arnold should have been playing ahead of him. He's got Tammy Abraham on the bench. He's been scoring goals. Ross Barkley playing a little bit better. Chilwell playing week in, week out. Tyron Mings playing week in, week out for Villa. Marcus Rashford probably struggling. Tamori playing at Chelsea week in, week out. Yeah. You, your substitute is probably playing has got, has got more confidence in his first eleven. So like, like you've just said there, he picked the wrong side, and today he made he made all of the changes. What you've just said there, he put Chilwell in um, for Danny Rose. Um, he put Marcus Rashford in. He dropped Mason. He dropped Mount out. Uh, he dropped Sancho. He, he put Tyrone Mings in, and, and and you see the proofs in the pudding. The win, the winning five 0 It's just it, it's such a an intriguing thing being a manager and watching team selections, but sometimes managers get it right, but sometimes they also get it wrong. And I think on uh, on Friday evening, you know, I mean, for that 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 really for me the, the toughest game of the weekend, you got it massively wrong. Yeah, I think there's two aspects to it, isn't there? I think similar to Giggs, uh, he's trying to blood a lot of young players. He's trying to bring these young talented players through because he can see the talent there, so he wants to get them playing together in the first team as soon as possible so that they can go on over the next 10 years and do something special. So you've got to accept that when you play players that young, you know, players like Mason Mount, you know, they haven't got a great deal of Premier League experience, let alone international level. So you've got to accept that when you do that, there's going to be periods where they might not perform to the usual standard. However... The other aspect to it for me is I've always been a belief international players, teams, should be selected on who's in form, not who's been good for you for the last couple of years. Gareth Southgate's a very, very loyal manager. He sticks with players who've performed for him, you know, like he stuck with Lingard up until this squad, even though Lingard has been dread, dreadful for over a year for United. He's stuck with him because he's always done well for England. Same with Rashford to a certain extent. Kane, mm. you know, there's a long list of players. What's yeah. your view on that? Because I've always felt like international players should be, the team should be who's in form, not who's yeah, well, done well previously. I've, I've always looked at, looked, looked at that, especially over the years. And I, and I, and I think it's easier to do with, with centre-forwards because... Uh, and, I, and I'll probably I'll use one player as an example. You know, what I mean, when I was growing up, Steve Bull used to score goal after goal after goal, and he never got himself in the England squad because he's playing he's playing against the likes of Alan Shearer, he's playing the Teddy Sheringhams of this world. And I just thought, you know, I mean, these kind of players deserve an opportunity. And you've got the same thing again now. You've you've got um, players who are in form. He's very loyal to his fan of his team. He, he loves his goalkeeper Pickford. 
He loves Harry Kane. He loves Harry Maguire. Um, Jordan Henderson, I think, is his, is his backup skipper. Um, and I think apart from that, every other single player seems to rotate quite often. And some, some don't even get in the squad. Um, so he's obviously a very brave man to, um, or, he, or he's very communicative with with his squad members to tell them that you're not in the squad this 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 um, this pool of games, but you're going to be back in for for November uh, for the home games because you know how do you feel as a player? Because you know what I mean if you if you if you're seeing somebody take your place in the squad and you've played six of the eight games. And then all of a sudden you're you're not in, you're not involved in it. I think it's just um, it's about man management, isn't it? You know what I mean. And, and I think sometimes he gets it wrong, and um, but then then the proof's in the pudding. Results in it. You know what I mean. And as I'm as I'm talking now, Harry Kane goes and gets his standard goal. He winning six 0 yeah. and the manager looks the best thing since sliced bread. So it's a but if he'd lost today, he would have he would have put himself under massive pressure because Kosovo would have come to Wembley. Trying to beat you, the gap wouldn't have been no points with Czech Republic, and um, you know what I mean. Obviously, he's got himself out of a, a little bit of a hole from Friday night with, with with tonight's result. But you know what I mean. But then we go back to the uh, with the group uh, rankings, and you know what I mean. How easy England's group is because if if Northern Ireland had this group, I'd I'd expect Northern Ireland to go to to Bulgaria and score two, three, four goals because that, this is the kind of standard that I'm watching. That it's it's, it's a really really poor Bulgarian side. Yeah, pub side. Um, yeah, well, okay, so, so we'll, we'll we'll move on because we've got a couple of more games. We'll go back to the England game tonight. Uh, Georgia nil, Republic of Ireland nil. This was not a good game. I watched the highlights. It was yeah, I watched the highlights. Dreadful. Yeah, well, I think it only got interesting towards the end of the game, and 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 um, obviously when um, when Mick McCarthy started to bring a couple of substitutes on. Um, and he started to obviously understand that, that they really needed to win the game. He brought on a lad called Connolly, uh, Aaron Connolly from Brighton, and yeah. to be fair, I thought he was sharp as attack. I thought he was excellent. I, I was absolutely gutted for him that he didn't get his goal because he had uh, two or three good good opportunities. Um, he was very unlucky with a couple. I think at the 94th minute when he went one-on-one on his left foot and, and uh, he, he drew a decent save on the goalkeeper. But, you know what I mean? I... Northern Ireland, uh, Republic of Ireland story. If, if you've got any aspirations of going to a, a major tournament, you've got to go to Georgia and, and get a result and get a, and get a win because th- I think that was paramount for me to for them to qualify because they've got two games. Uh, we've, we've got a couple of games left. Switzerland, uh, obviously, they've got a game in hand. Denmark are level on points with them, um, and you've got a couple of games coming up against um, Switzerland away. And then Denmark at home, so you know, I mean, the two hardest games of the, se- of the season. So, you, for me, you would have been best off taking a risk against a, a Georgian side, and then, um, and then, and then, if, if you didn't get the result you, you wanted, then you've still got the two hard games coming up because the, the two points drop massively for them. And you know, what I mean, they're not inundated with with, with world class players, so you know, what I mean, they've got to be beating the the lesser nations. Yeah, I, I apologise if I repeat anything which you just said. You just cut out in the middle of your sentence then, but it was my fault. I pressed him in. Oh, okay. Um, but, so, yeah, if I repeat anything which you just said, I apologise. Um, yeah, Aaron Connolly was very, very good when he came on. Yeah, at the end of the day, um, they, they're unbeaten. Um, I think they're pretty much qualified, I'd think, now. 12 points mm-hmm. from six games. Obviously, you know, you're never there till you're there, but they should score. 
uh, sorry, they should, you know, they should get there now from this position, you would hope. Um, but uh, yeah, Brighton forward, Aaron Conley, I uh, I like him. Only yeah, I thought it was excellent. I thought it was excellent. I think, um, I, I, well, I think he'll be a, he'll be a player that we see in the Championship come January. I think he'll he'll be on loan somewhere um, if he's not playing regular for Brighton. And I think with Brighton doing well so far in the league, it probably will be a, a low move to a to a to a to a Championship side. And I don't know, maybe he's a, maybe he's a Bristol City or a Leeds United might uh, might come calling for Cardiff. two sides of Cardiff, yeah, Cardiff City. But I think, I think I, to know what if he. If he does half as well as he did the other night, um, and he can do it week in, week out, and he can make a name for himself, then uh, good luck to the boy, because I thought he was really sharp and, and deserves an opportunity. Well, him and, him and Glatzel up front, that'd be nice. Yeah, that'd be excellent, yeah. Or excellent. him and Danny Ward. Well, I still, I still stand by Cardiff need like a quick striker. I'm just looking at the group, so Ireland are on 12. Um and Denmark are on 12, and then there's a four-point cushion between those two and Switzerland. Uh, so, well, how many games are left? There's two games left. Yeah, two left and, they've got, and they've got to play them both. They play Switzerland and Denmark last two games. Oh. So they've, got a, they've got a tough one. But they've just got to not, they've then, got to not lose, Sky. They, they just can't afford to lose against Switzerland. If you, if, you don't, if you don't lose against Switzerland, you're more or less there. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So, I get a draw against Switzerland and... Yeah, you're there. Yeah, you're there. Yeah. You just need to just can't afford to lose. It's uh, it's it's one of those things. Or do you do you do you play for a draw, or do you let them come at you, or do you go for the game and try and get the three points? And it's uh, it'll well, be a, it'll be an interesting interesting scenario for Mick McCarthy. I think Mick Mick, Mick McCarthy is not he's not the most um, attacking manager anyway, is he? So I would have thought that no. his tactics. Will I think he'll defend. Much he'll yeah, he'll uh, he'll defend and uh, and kick lumps out of um, the opposition. Yeah, that's normal. Try, try and, normal try and tactics. Yeah, normal Mick tactics. You said that as if you've had some lumps kicked out of you by a Mick McCarthy team. There. <laughs> well, yeah. when he was at Sunderland, we had we had we had a few ding dongs when he was at Sunderland. So you know, what I mean, I've got no problem with Mick. Mick's a, Mick's a top manager. He's a hard manager by all accounts. He's a hard player uh, by all accounts. For what what I, what I used to watch of him, so. You know what I mean? I think his, his managerial style's exactly the same as was as a player, and I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah, me too. So uh, next up, Wales won, Croatia won, which I thought was a really entertaining game to watch, and great result for Wales. They set them up nicely. They could have done with a win, and that's the thing. Yeah. If they, if Wales could have beaten Slovakia on Thursday, I think it was. What what a what a couple of results to get it. If they could have beaten Slovakia and drawn with Croatia, they'd have been nicely set. You know they're in a yeah. decent position now, but that just dropping the points to Slovakia really could have made it a unbelievable couple of uh, results, really. But I thought they I were think if someone had offered you two points or side two points on Friday before you played both games, I think you'd have you'd have snapped their hands off because of the, of the way that the way that the leagues. You know what I mean? Where it is because I know this sounds really stupid, but if um, if you'd have beat Slovakia, but then lost to Croatia, then you know what I mean. I know you've you'll gained one more point than what you had, but the league just the dimension of the league just changes. You know what I mean? Or you or you or you beat Slovakia, but then you you lose to Croatia. It's just you know what I mean. The dynamics of the leagues change. So sometimes two draws, you haven't lost over the over two very difficult very difficult games, probably the two of the hardest games of the of the campaign away at Slovakia and then at home to 
Croatia, Croatia. So you know what I mean. It's goals change games. So we spoke, we spoke about it this week and we count the championship and um, the timing of the Gareth Bale goal like, on uh, last night was, was was crucial. You know what I mean. Just before half time, it just it gives Gareth. It gives Gareth. Um, I sorry, it gives Ryan Giggs such a a different team talk and and and, and the players such a different outlook on the game. And you know what I mean. They came on second half and and they've been a lot more positive. Um, trying to win the game than, than than in there chasing um trying to get something out of the game, you know what I mean? So you know what I mean I was I was hopeful I could have got a win in the goal, but to be fair, I think I think before the game you'd have, you'd have snapped their hands off for a point. God yeah, Croatia are a very, very good team. And um... oh, technically I look at the side or side the the side I look at the subs, I seen the subs before the game. Um and they had uh, Rakitic from Barcelona on the bench. You know what I mean? I just thought like what kind of what kind of team? Do you have when you've got when you've got him on the bench? It's just uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, they had um, the Luton Town goalkeeper who was on the bench, Luga, who's uh, had, a, had, a, had a couple of shockers over the last few weeks. But so hoping you know he's going to get on. Yeah, but training with some training with some of these um, world class players. You know what I mean? You, you've got the Modric's, you've got the the Lovrens, um, you've got the the, the Valistich, who scored the goal, the Perisic. You know, they're, they're inundated with world class players and they're technically absolutely brilliant. And I believe they'll qualify. Um, I think they've just got a little bit too much. Uh, so I believe they'll qualify and, and they'll cause teams a lot of problems. That's, that's for sure. Yeah, big blow for Wales was that um, Lovren and someone else got a yellow card, which rules them out of the Slovakia game, which is a big yeah. blow. Um, yeah. Ultimately, I thought the way that Croatia played tactically showed that they did not want to lose to Wales. They came yeah. to not lose rather than win. They kicked lumps yeah. out of Wales and they played quite defensive considering the players they've got. You know, don't get me wrong, they could have beaten Wales with a bit of luck. They had yeah. chances, but I thought they were quite, they sat quite deep. Uh, they were very aggressive in the tackle. But I thought the second half, though, Sai, you could see the longer the game went, they were they were just happy just to sit and get a draw. They weren't, you know. What I mean, yeah. the Modric wasn't breaking his neck to get in the box. He was he was sitting, protecting, getting on the ball, being neat and tidy. And you know, what I mean, it just shows it just shows the the respect that they give Wales there was was massive. And you know, what I mean, it was uh, it was such a shame because if they got the goal, that, that second goal, then the second goal would have turned a three because they they picked holes because Croatia would have had to come out and, yeah. and gone for another goal. And you know, what I mean, I think I think that's what we said earlier about the Slovakia game. When you're on top, you've got to get that second and third goal because you've got to beat teams while while you have the chance. Yeah, I thought Ethan Ampadu was excellent for Wales again. Yeah, I, you know, I'm devastated that Cardiff didn't try and get him on loan in mm. the summer. I think he would have been absolutely perfect to either sit in front of the defence or play in defence. Um, yeah. he, and he hasn't played one minute of football for... Um, it's like Germany, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, things are such a shame because he's he needs to play football. He needs to make a name for himself, and you know what I mean. The reason why he went on loan was to get some minutes and to play football, yeah, and yeah. regular football. Not as well as did it, not as well as did at his parent club, and and sat on the bench because that's probably what that's probably whatever he would, would have played more football. He'd have played um, Carling Cup or whatever it's called, or you know even um, Europa League or you know Champions League. You, you know what I mean? Like Frank's. Change things around, so you know, and he could have got an opportunity there. Yeah, and for Wales, they um, Wales have this influx of young, 
young quality talent coming through. And if they yeah. can get just five, six, seven of them playing first team football at a you know championship or Premier League level, they Wales in like five or six years could have an incredible team because they've got yeah, so yeah, many great. so many young quality players in the under twenty ones. And it could be a real special generation for for Wales. But you've got to obviously factor in that Ramsey and Bale are coming to the end of their careers. So a lot's going to fall on the likes of Daniel James and those guys who are now playing Premier League football to help those young players coming up through the 21s. But, you know, you've got your Harry Wilsons and uh, what's the other one who plays football? I can't remember his name. David Brooks. Yeah. you know they've got there's a few there who have got to step up now as Bay as Bale winds down. Um, yeah. Next up, Scotland six, San Marino nil. John McGinn's yeah, we touched, first ever hat yeah, trick. Yeah, we touched on it a little bit there. You know what I mean? And and I, I, sometimes I, I I I look at and I think why why are we allowing San Marinos of this world and the Moldovas sometimes and you know what I mean I I. I Club managers must think it's 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 an opportunity for these players to get injured. It's an opportunity for these players to to lose a bit of form and to be tired by the time they come back to the parent clubs. And you know, what I mean, and probably, probably I can see what what they're talking about because they've got all these long journeys to these kind of countries. And you know, what I mean, and uh, when they when they play their way, obviously, you know what I mean. But you know, what I mean, you can only beat what you, what players in front of you. And you know, what I mean, John McGinn's got a first half hat trick. He came off after about an hour, so he he'll go back to Villa and be be fresh as a daisy, come back to for Premier League next weekend. And, you know what I mean? I think we spoke about it there about Steve Clark, and, you know what I mean? These kind of games are, the, are, the, are probably the, the games which pile the pressure on him even more than the, than the Russia game did. Because if, if they'd have only won 1 or 2 0 against San Marino, the, 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 the knives would have been out a little bit and they would have got hammered in the press and on social media. And, you know what I mean? It's nice for, for the Scottish fans to, uh, to go and get. Loads of goals, a ton of goals at Hamden because uh, because they don't see enough of them. But it's like, it's like it's like the conversation we just had there about the Millennium Stadium that Hamden Park empty. You know what I mean? Are you best off going to Ibrox? Are you best off going to yeah. Easter Road, to Haas, to Hibs, to Celtic, to Rangers, to Kilmarnock, somewhere where you're going to get a sellout, somewhere where the the atmosphere is going to be brilliant, um, and the players can respond better to it. Maybe 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 that's something that they need to look at. Maybe to to inspire the players a little bit better. Yeah, what Wales do is they um, they take the friendlies around to like Wrexham and Swansea and the smaller clubs, Swansea fans, um, lesser clubs. Yeah, that's it. But um, the you know, but uh, but for people from that area, it makes it a lot easier so they get access to the watching the international team, which is good. Yeah. And what you'll find is if maybe next time then some of those players, some of those guys and girls from Swansea will travel to Cardiff to watch when the big games come in the qualifiers and stuff like that. Whereas maybe they wouldn't have before. But they it's getting people, you know, into the international football and going. So yeah. I think that's certainly a good idea to move it around the country for the friendlies. And then yeah. then you if you get like say Ibrox is always full, right, let's play our qualifiers there for a bit and see how it yeah. goes there. Because you're better off playing in a smaller stadium, which is full, than playing in a huge stadium, which is got like, you know, a couple of thousand people. 
Yeah, well, thing is, I, I, I don't even know the attendance yesterday, but let's say let's say they got forty thousand yesterday. Hamden Oak, Hamden Oak has eighty thousand capacity, so you're half full. You're best off having forty thousand at Rangers, having ten thousand spare seats. The atmosphere will be better. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just it's just a no-brainer for me, but maybe uh, maybe that's something what they need to look at seriously. Yeah, spot on. I suppose the one uh, kind of opposite to what you said about like playing like the likes of San Marino and clubs will be you know worried about players getting injured. The one counter to that, I guess, would be you know Scott McTominay and John McGinn will go back to training with their club in a couple of days. They'll be buzzing because mm. you know McGinn's got his first ever hat trick. Scott McTominay was excellent, and you know you can only beat what's in front of you. It was dreadful service. Yeah. He was very, very good. So it's yeah. like they're going to go back with maybe a bit of confidence that they didn't have. Yeah. Previous. But then it's like what we say, don't we? We're on about the championship, we're on about teams doing well. You know what I mean? So John McGinn, I don't know who Villa play next weekend, but the chances of John McGinn going and scoring in his next game is, is pretty high because he's going full of confidence, bagged his first international hat trick. You know what I mean? So I, I would fancy John McGinn to, uh, to score next weekend. Yeah, spot on. So uh, we're going to finish off, really, not finish off, but like our topic for the for the show was going to be, well, it's going to be racism in football. Um, so we'll just touch on the England game, which I think is just finished or just finishing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 6-0, 6-0, was yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, 6-0, um, yeah. Comfortable, but the, the the biggest story for me at the, at the game side was uh, was the racism from uh, from the Bulgarian crowd in the first half. Um, Gareth Southgate complained to the referee. He stopped the game. He he, he did the he did the tannoy from this uh, UEFA three point racism um, new venture, which 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 they put out happened still continued. He stopped the game again. Yeah, the whole thing's absolute shambles. You know what I mean? That for me, you warn somebody, you don't warn them again. You know what I mean? We're giving, we're giving, we're giving people nine lives. You're giving them too many lives. You know what I mean? It, we, no, I was going to say we've got kids. You know what I mean? Your kids make a mistake. You don't expect them to make the same mistake again. If they do, they get shouted at. The, 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 there's repercussions. They certainly don't make the same mistake again. You know, we're, we're, we're asking, and these are grown men, by the way. Grown men and adults are making these kind of decisions. They know exactly what they're doing. You know what I mean? That they, they've caused. They caused an absolute problem today. You know what I mean? This is this is disgusting. You know what I mean? It's it's we all we all we all bleed the same colour. You know what I mean? We all want to. This this is something that, that that went out of football donkey's years before I got into football, and then all of a sudden it's coming back, but it's coming back even more right than it was years and years ago. You know what I mean? What's what's next? Are we going to have football hooligan, hooligan, hooliganism like we had back in the sixties and seventies and eighties? You know, it's just it's outrageous now. You know what I mean? I just and UEFA. To have this three, to have this 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 three three point plan, you know what I mean. That um, ask the referee to stop the game to announce to have announcement of the tannoy. Don't get it. The second step would be to suspend the match for a, a period of time until until it stops. And then finally, if it happens again, to abandon the game. Well, for me, what I do, I'd, I'd ban I'd ban Bulgaria from from the next qualifiers. I'd ban them for two years, for four years. You know, I mean, the manager then would understand that. He wouldn't work. The players wouldn't be able to represent the country. The fans wouldn't be able to go and watch the game. You know what I mean? I, I, I know I'm on one a little bit here, but I just think, no. you know what I mean? These, these players, these players deserve to platform their football. 
on a on, on any given pitch. You know what I mean? So you know, because what, what what I'm concerned of next is is the players not go to the to Russia. Do they not go to Bulgaria? Do they not go to these countries who are getting done for racism because they're scared or intimidated? So we take a lesser team and get beat. So then we're letting these countries, these fans, win. It just doesn't yeah. doesn't add up to me. I just don't get it. I don't get it. And UEFA at the minute are letting these countries win. Unless they do something about it and the sanctions that are massive. You know I mean? Forget money. Forget money because some countries and some federations have that much money anyway. Buying the teams, million pounds. Two million pounds, five million pounds doesn't doesn't mean nothing. You know what I mean? Hit them where it hurts. Stop, stop them playing football in the country. Make Bulgaria play all their next qualifiers away from home, so England don't have to go to Bulgaria. Bulgaria got to, got to come to Wembley twice. You know what I mean? They won't, they won't keep doing it because fans won't be able to watch it. What's the point? Pointless. Pointless exercise. The thing is, mate, is um, whether it's national in Italy or in Russia or at club level in all these different places, is UEFA and FIFA, their sanctions and punishments are so piss poor that they're mm. meaningless. They're like, mm. It's like a pittance amount of money play behind closed doors. Well, they don't give two hoots about that. They just exactly. don't care. So it's like, well, yeah. what's the point in that? Um, and I, I think it was last year, there was like someone got sent off like a foul but it was like oh no what was it he got sent off and then he argued with the ref or something like that on his way out and he kicked up a big fuss and he got a bigger fine than the team the week before who'd been done for racially abusing players and it's like yeah. you know what's, what's the point in that but yeah, um, so today uh, which is Monday Bulgarian coach uh, Krasmir Barkov Accused yeah. England of having a bigger racism problem than his own country before the qualifier. Um, obviously, the build-up, this was in response to the England players basically saying that they were going to walk off if there was any racist, racist abuse, which they didn't, which I found interesting because yeah, they made well, a big well, thing of it in the main that's what I don't get now. And I'll start with Balakov. When Balakov played, he was, a, he, was a, he was an excellent footballer. Excellent footballer. But with his comments today, I've lost massive respect for him because I think he's fueled, he's fueled what's just happened today. He's got his own country to do that. Not, not directly. I think indirectly, people have listened to what he's, just, what he's been saying and they've done something which I think indirectly he's probably, he's probably agreeing with. And, but then I look at the other, the other side. The other side of the flip coin is is all I've heard from England from when they played against against Czech Republic is if it happens we're going to walk off. It didn't happen once tonight. It, I don't think it happened twice tonight. I think it happened three times tonight. The players still didn't walk off. And I think the problem we've got is what we spoke about earlier is the players are concerned and the guys concerned that if we walk off the pitch, we won't win the football match and we're three 0 up. So teams are going to do it when you're three, four, five and all up. You're going to walk off the pitch. You're going to have to play the game again, or you're going to lose the points anyway. So, you know, I mean, teams aren't going to be that stupid and naive to walk off a football pitch, three, four, five and all up, and walk away with nothing because it just doesn't add up. You know what I mean? That it just doesn't. It just doesn't make sense to me. I just don't. I just don't understand. It. I just don't understand it. Honestly, don't. So yeah, like the Bulgaria fans, they're three 0 down. And they start racially, you know, racially abusing the but nothing to lose. Players. Nothing to lose. Got, yeah, yeah. They, they've lost the game, so 
if the England players walk off, it's almost like did they think it was like a like, like a tactical thing where well we've lost the game, but if they walk off, maybe we'll get awarded the points or they'll lose the points. You just don't mm. know whether you can, you know I yeah. I don't understand the people who do it enough to yeah. be able to say that that's what they did. I would lean towards the fact that they're probably not that intelligent enough to do it. But you just no, don't know. I just, I just don't know what would fuel it. Like, what would but make then, people do it in this day and age? But then my other concern, my other concern, Si, is, 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 is the other side of it then. So, will I haven't seen Gareth Southgate's interviews after the game, but is he going to come out and say that that the racism inspired England to to play well, to play this well? But, you know what I mean? That that So then... No sanctions going to take place because the, the England did the talking on the pitch. Well, there's got to be there's got to be some repercussions of what's just happened, what I've just seen. There's got to be some consequence of, of of someone's actions if that's punishing the manager for his comments prior to the game. That's punishing the team because of the fans' actions, or that's punishing the fans for their own actions. For me, I do all three because mm. all three go hand in hand. Because all three, you know what I mean. You can't punish one without the other. You know what I mean? You, like you just said there, you're going to play a game in, behind closed doors. What's the point? Pointless. Because the England fans want to go and watch their game, so they get punished. They can't go and watch the game. You know what I mean? So that it's, that's not a punishment for the country because TV, you'll still watch the game. You know what I mean? The manager doesn't get punished. You know what I mean? He can, he can still come out with comments. He can still um, he can still get people going with his comments before the game. He can still upset people with his comments, what he's done. And then... I don't know. It's the, the whole thing's a mess. The whole thing's a mess. But but UEFA have done it quite clever that they brought this three point pro, this three point program out before the internationals. Everyone's backing it, giving it this um, excellent reviews and saying that we're going to do this, we're going to do that. But then we, nobody does it. So and it's happened all weekend. You know, we're not just talking about today. It's happened. It's happened over the weekend. It happened on happened on Saturday. So. The team's got to walk off for this to work, and then yeah. if you wait for if you wait for deducting points, then the whole world just says we're not playing football until you sort it out. Yeah, there you go. Then then you, you do your you do your talking with your feet. You know what I mean? It's just it's this just is, it's just it, the whole thing's a mess. Like one of my issues, I don't have an issue with the England players having you know saying if we're racially abused, we should go off because I think. That should have happened two years ago. Teams should have started walking off. Because like yeah, you say, the, the moment UEFA or FIFA punish a team for not completing the game because they've walked off because of racist abuse, everyone is just going to go, all right, no one will play. And yeah. then, then they have to act and they have to deal with it. And I think that's what it's going to take. My issue is that if you're going to do media and interviews and press conferences saying you've had a meeting, you're going to walk off if there's racist abuse, then do it or don't yeah. say it. Because, it, like you say, it didn't happen once, didn't happen twice, it was three times during the game. So to me, the second it happened the second time, like the first time you could think, right, okay, I'll just play through it. They'll, you know, they might get bored or they'll, they'll get chucked out, whatever. Just ignore it, get on with it. When it happened the second time, then it should have been right. We had a meeting about this. Let's go. Mm. I totally agree. 
That's all I mean. The first time it happened, the Tanoi, the Tanoi came up and the Tanoi said in Bulgarian, got to stop the racist, the, the racial chance, the racist behaviour. And and I think England did the right thing, regrouped. If, but Harry Kane should have said, Gareth Southgate should have said, if it happens again, I'm bringing you all off. Yeah. But it happened again, stayed on. Happened again, stayed on. If that was a black manager, would they have stayed on the pitch? Probably not. You just, you know what I mean. That, that it's, it's, it's a, it's such a grey area now. We, 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 you know what I mean. We're talking a, we're talking a dangerous game now because, you know what I mean. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's just a mess. And 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 now the internationals are, are going to be, are going to be, are going to be over. You know what I mean. You, are, you will see this as a success. Well, it's not a success yeah. because it's only a success because no teams walked off the game and every team's fulfilled the fixture. Doesn't mean it's a success. It's failed massively because of what's happened today, tonight for me. You know what I mean, being an England fan, but if that was Wales, if that was Scotland, if that was Ireland, if that was Brazil, if that was Argentina, France, Serbia, what I don't care. It's still bang out of order. Yeah, and the fact is, like you say, it happened over the weekend, so it's not like it isolated to this game. No. It's not, not isolated to Bulgaria. This is an ongoing no. problem that's been going on this for years. Personal, yes. It's not personal. It's not personal to anybody who said it there. It's happening in Serie A week in, week out. It's it's happened in Russia quite a lot, you know. I mean, it happened at the Euros. It's 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 it needs to stop. It needs to stop for football to move forward because we're going back in the dark ages and we're going back, we're going back twenty, thirty, forty years, and it's just like it's just so upsetting because with all the hatred and war and crime and you know what I mean, what's going on in the world? This is the last thing that we need. We, we you know what I mean? If we're not careful, it's going to start. It's going to start another war because it's just getting ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I find it, it. I find it really agitating. And really friendly in the preseason for Syria, and um, it was like a really small crowd, and he got racially abused, and he told the referee, and the referee didn't do anything, so he just took his shirt off and walked off, and it was yeah. like a big story. But because it was like a pre-season friendly, it was kind of swept under the rug a bit. Like it wasn't yeah, as big yeah. as it would have been if it had been a league game or a Champions League game. But like for me, that's four or five years ago. That's when when he walked off. Like he was the highest. I think, to my knowledge, he's the highest profile player to walk off. Yeah, and I think some of his teammates did as well. I don't recall anyone. With that big a name, do you, you know, walking off? Mm. When he walked off, let's don't get me wrong. It shouldn't take a big name or a big team to walk off for it to matter. It shouldn't take yeah. England to walk off if you know, like Merthyr Tidville, for instance, or someone you know, like a small, like a village team or a small nation, San Marino, yeah. whoever. It should have been dealt with years ago, and they haven't dealt with it. And I think mm. all that's going to happen now is. It's resentment's going to build up within players. Yeah. Um, like you look at the access that players get, uh, fans get to players now compared to when you played, and I just mm. think that's just going to get further and further away. Like, um, yeah. you know, this year, uh, Paul Pogba, Marcus Rashford, Tammy Abrahams, all been, you know, really badly racially racially abused. Over social, social media. media. And I mm. see that. You wouldn't believe, mate, how much I see 
Like if you go into just go into like a random black players fo- uh, black footballers um, Twitter account after a Saturday when they've lost the game, and you go and you see numerous comments of just like just racist abuse, and I just think, like, what what are you doing? Like, what? Why is no one? And you're like, putting your name. You're putting your name because you like you know what I mean. A lot of people, a lot of people on social media use their own use their real name. You know what I mean? And I just think, how can you put a comment or put a picture or put an emoji of something which is racially motivated against your name? Because it's just it's going to stick with you for life. It's it could stop you getting a job. It could get you locked up. It, it's just it's just absolutely just criminal. Absolutely criminal. So. Chelsea's first black player, uh, Paul Canaville. I apologise if I didn't pronounce his name right. Um, he wrote uh, an article today and he basically said that he believes that um, foot racism in football has increased over the last 30 years. Obviously, when he played, was at the absolute peak of like mm. fans. It was almost acceptable for the, yeah. you know, the crowds to be shouting racially motivated yeah. comments and abuse. Well, I, I remember, I remember, Sly, that I went to watch um, Middlesbrough against Liverpool at Ayrson Park. So I went with my dad and a few of my dad's friends and around the area, it wasn't my dad, it wasn't my dad's friend, but around the area, John Barnes was playing, um, just about to take a corner and, and by the time he was just about to take the corner, there was about, I'd probably say about seven or eight, maybe nine bananas next to his feet. Do you know what I mean? And people just found that acceptable, found that funny. You know what I mean? He, he he moves them away. Doesn't bother him. Takes the corner. Not bothered. We play the play the week after. We played against Spurs. Gaza played. This time it's it's Mars bars, and everyone everyone just saw it as a joke. Everyone saw everyone just put the two thought well bananas last week, Mars bars this week. It wasn't it wasn't racial. It was it was it was a bit of fun. It's not fun. This isn't fun. It's not fun for the people it's happening to. You know what I mean? Like you said, there social media. Social media now. The comments are personal, so it's personal towards that person. You know what I mean? That today England had, oh, they probably had about four or five black players in the, in the eleven. They had about four or five more on the bench. One of the coaches was black, and all the monkey chants, all the noises, what was happening, and all the other comments, what were made. That's not to one player. That's to everybody involved there. You know what I mean? So for me, they should have all walked. They should yeah. have all walked as a group. Yeah. That's, that's that's every single player, and there's Harry Kane getting every single one of those players and storming off down the tunnel, even if it's just for 10 minutes, just to prove a point, do you want me to see what would have happened? Because, you know what I mean? I, I, I bet the comments now, when the interviews will be, it's not acceptable. What are we going to do about it? Well, you had a chance to do something about it, but you didn't. You didn't. So what we've got to do now, wait for the next time you go there, in four years' time, two years' time, 16 years' time, it's, it's not going to be acceptable. Well, you look at it, mate, what they should have done, and here you are, here's a solution. I know it's after, but here's a solution. First time it happens, worn in over the tunnel. Second time it happens, you walk off, 10 minutes, go back on. It happens the third time, ta and you're off, and you stay off. Job done. And then UEFA have to deal with it. And it, like, we, like we just mentioned, if UEFA punished that team, for not completing their fixture or they give the point to Bulgaria, that's going to cause, that's going to make the change. Yes, yeah. you lose three points. England are going to qualify even if they lose the three points. So yeah. from the football inside of it, yes, I understand they want to win the game and they probably want to win the game even more 
because they're getting yeah. abused to you know stick two fingers up to the people who are doing it but mm. if you want change you've sometimes got to do something extreme to yeah. make that change oh, well, i'll go i'll go i'll go one further than so I'll, I'll add on to yours so i'll go can i for the first one i'll go the second time it happens you go off for 10 minutes you come back on you get a penalty so the team who's gone off gets a penalty so it's the supporters fault that the team's getting punished third time yeah the game's called off, so the result could be ten times worse. Or, or you know, if the result does stand, you've got a chance to, um, because the penalty could fuel it again. You see, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you, because it's a pointless exercise. Well, what I no like point. about that. God, I was going to say, what I tried to interrupt you, mate. What I, yeah, um, right. what I like about your idea there is those Bulgarian. If I say it was a closer game as well, those Bulgarian mm. players, if they've got a penalty against them because of that, they're going to get pissed off and they're going to be. You know they're yeah. gonna want him to stop it because yeah. I was I saw some like I didn't watch the game but I, obviously we me and you spoke before and I sort of saw a little bit of it while we were doing been doing the podcast with the sound off and it seemed like the the Bulgarian manager manager and coaching staff didn't seem to give two shits basically he was like there was one player who kept going to the crowd. One player kept going to the crowd and speaking. I'm sure he was the captain, um, number ten, and he's going to the crowd and he's pleading with them to stop. You know what I mean? Because he, you know, what I mean, I think he knew, obviously, the sanctions. You know what I mean? But the manager, the manager, and the coaching staff. You know what I mean? They were, they were, they were having arguments with the English English players, and I, I just don't get it. Because thing is, though, if 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 the players have heard the comments. Maybe it's the players are blaming the manager for for what's happened, and you know, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. And, 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 and this is this isn't personal towards Bulgarian people, the, the national team, the manager to, to the fans. This is a football general thing. It's 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 happened too often, and because other teams are getting away with it, other teams are doing it, and just because Bulgaria are getting beat three 0 that's when it started. You know what I mean? So, what are England supposed to do? We'll give you a two get two goal head start because we don't want to get racially abused. You know what I mean? With it, England went there to do a job. They went there and did the job, so they don't shouldn't get racially abused for it just because they're a, a far superior football side than uh, than Bulgaria. Yeah, and you know, like you say, it's not put. You know, we're not slurring the Bulgarians as a nation, as people. We're talking about the issue generally, but we're using yeah. the Bulgarian one as an example because it's happened. You know, as we what's the most recent? It's happened. It's happened tonight. Yeah, it's, it was. It, it, it happened as we were. As we were on air, so it's you know I mean it's it's yeah it's uh, it needs it needs sorting inside it needs sorting quickly because you know I mean if this happened in the Premier League I'd expect the team it happened to to be deducted a massive amount of points forget a fine because there's too much money in the Premier League a massive fine uh, and ten point deduction and then the, that that team potentially could get relegated because of it or it cost them a Champions League players or it'll you know what I mean because. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen in English football. But England have got a problem with it. England have got a problem with racism. But it doesn't happen in the Premier League. It doesn't. doesn't add up, does it? And like no. if you think, <clears throat> like I just said, uh, for a change, to, to force UEFA to make change to their sanctions, to how they view it, I think it needs to be something extreme. And I feel like Unless it's a Champions League game, like a big knockout game where it happens and a team walks off, or a nation like England, or a big, you know, like what's perceived as a big country in terms of the footballing world, and they walk off 
like a team full of uh, I know it sounds horrible, but like a team full of commercial stars who are known yeah. all around the world who yeah. do adverts for UEFA and FIFA and all their yeah. sponsors. And when those players walk off, they will do something about it. Yeah. But I, I also believe they won't until, the first of all, they will punish that team. I fully believe that they would punish the team for not fulfilling the fixture. And then... Mm. The change would come because yeah, I agree. I I, so I agree. Happy. I agree. I think they'll. I think they'll. Yeah, they'll make a mistake before it'll get. It'll get worse before it gets better. This, you know, what I mean, I think there's more to come, but it'll get worse before it gets better. Absolutely. So um, now that we've solved that world problem, we'll uh, we're going to move on to <laughs> to to war, and to policy, and politics, and we'll fix that. But no, I I you know I say that like joking around, but like. I oh, find it disgusting. It, it shouldn't be happening. It shouldn't be happening because the thing is that we've all got black friends. I've played with, I've played with, yeah. with, with plenty of black black footballers, and it, you know, if I was on the pitch, I, I'd be I'd be mortified because I wouldn't know if they were all right, and I'd probably feel worse than what they felt. You know what I mean? Because I'd mm. I'd feel guilty for them and I'd feel horrible for them, and I'd want to walk off in protest for them. But you know what I mean? If they told me no, I want to stay. You know what I mean? Who I I thought it was Harry Kane's decision to walk off. So unless someone's changed the stance and, 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 and one of the other lads has said, we're staying on, then so be it. But come out and say that because I just solidarity and all that, it's, for me it looked like we just didn't walk off because of the result. I don't, I'm not sure. Maybe that's me looking at looking at it in a massive different different way, but that's what it seemed that after me. Yeah, for me, they said they were going to walk off and I felt like because well, it was more than once, they should have walked off. And that's mm. how I feel. I don't mean to criticise their, you know, the England team because it's not their fault. No, the victims are not, yeah. Yeah. So I don't want to come across like I'm having a go with them, but I feel for change to happen, they should have walked off to make that point, to force change. But they didn't, and we'll get the same. Unfortunately, and I, again, I'm not criticising them, but unfortunately, it's going to be the same thing of interviews and always oh, disgusting when will we change what can we do to stop it the same bites video bites and interviews and clips going around talk sport and sky sports and all these places of just different people saying the same stuff um yeah. that has been said time and time and time and time again so you know when do we do something about it right mm. let's finish off before we get to the to the 10 second best segment in podcast, radio and TV we'll uh, do some <laughs> questions and answers well, come on, I'm intrigued yeah. intrigued right. so first of all I'd say that the 10 second fake Geordie lingo bingo is not award winning is uh, yes. not not critically acclaimed but yes. you should tell all <laughs> your politicians and TV providers that it is because it one will day it will be it'll, be it'll be it'll be for it for this show this show only absolutely and well uh, Johnny Johnny wish gets his uh, gets his wish as it were 
he uh, he was tweeting Sky Sports and Talk Sport the other day, saying, get him on. <laughs> I don't think fake Geordie Lingo Bingo is going to get us anywhere. But you never know. People no, like stuff. Right, yeah. <laughs> right then. Come on, then. Right. Where shall I start? Ooh. Okay. Uh, what's your most treasured memory in football? You better say it. You better say it. Oh, no, it's, that's a no-brainer. No-brainer. To be fair, there's, there's two. You know what I mean? There's, there's two. Uh, obviously, my, my debut for Middlesbrough will obviously have a, have a massive thing. You know what I mean? I lo- love scoring goals. It was great. You know what I mean? My goals for Middlesbrough have been fantastic. But my, my debut for when I was 16 years old against Sheffield Wednesday at the Riverside, uh, being a Middlesbrough boy, Middlesbrough fan. But it, uh, goals are always goals always happen and goals come and go. But the goal against uh, QPR for the Edinburgh Stadium in the playoff final was... Something that nobody can ever take away from me. So when when you look back at your career and you look back at um, history, so to speak, you know what I mean? Because people people said to me when I left that uh, people never forget. You know what I mean? And I thought, oh, they're only saying that because I'm leaving. But what we're 17 years down the line now, and people never forget. I'd probably say people remember more now than they did in 2005, 2006, 2007. You know what I mean? Where it was probably still a bit still a bit rife, still a bit. You know what I mean? Because think that because yeah. Cardiff won the crest of a wave then. You know what I mean? Now, now they've now they've stabilised and now that now they understand where that year and where that football club got from. Not just that goal from from the Robert Earnshaws, the James Collins, the Danny Gabadons, the Peter Thorns, the Graham Cavaners, the Willie Bolands. You know what I mean? The Neil Alexander, Spencer Priors. You know what I mean? Reese Westons. That we had a cracking squad of players who who had to get us over the line that year, or that team would have disbanded and gone. Here, there, and everywhere, and um, and you know what I mean. So, luckily enough for me, that team helped me get the the proudest moment of my football career. Yeah, and it was a, spe- it was a special squad, but it was a special time for Cardiff as well. Um, just with Sam Man and everything which went yeah. on, it just was the start of some very special things. Obviously, Cardiff yeah. went on to get to the FA Cup final, the Carlin Cup final, not long after. Uh, what's your coolest memento or piece of memorabilia? Um, I've got all. I've got, to be fair, I've kept everything. I've kept uh, my England caps from from my twenty ones. I've kept bottles of champagne from from when I got man of the match. Um, but I was given um, uh, a lovely memento from uh, Sam Man from the playoff final that um, Sam took my boots off me straight after the game. And got them um, gold plated, um, oh, wow. uh, which, which I've which I've which I've kept, um, and which you know what I mean. I've, I've I've never worn the boots either since, so the boots have still got a little bit of mud and a little bit of grass on them. For them I've never worn them since. Uh, but the, what, what Sam did for me after that game with with, with that memento was great, and he um, he came to the house and and, and gave me it as well. So it just it just meant so much, and it was just a just a lovely thing to do because he didn't have to do it. It was just a. Yeah. Just a genuine, genuine nice guy, and you know what I mean. And he you know, obviously played a big part of me signing for for City, and you know I'll never forget what he did for me personally, and and what he did for for our group of players as well. Yeah, if you send me a picture of that, I'll use it in the, yeah. in, the in the thumbnail. Yeah, I'll use that's, it, a, that's really really cool, that isn't it? Yeah. Um, okay, here we go. So, obviously, this week there's been a lot of uh, stories about. Uh, Colleen Rooney leak, uh, accusing yeah. Rebecca Vardy of uh, yeah. of leaking any stories. 
so the question is, have you ever leaked a story about anyone? <laughs> uh, no. 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 And, uh, no. Do you think Colleen Rooney was right to call out Rebecca Vardy in public? Oh. I think calling, calling somebody out in public is so different now than it would have been 10, 15 years ago because obviously social media and the amount of followers people have is just outrageous. And You know what I mean? Obviously, Colleen's uh, a brand, you know what I mean? And, and, and I hope, I do really hope she has the evidence provided um, so that um, this doesn't backfire a little bit, you know what I mean? Because, you know what I mean? I, obviously, people can go to court and get done for slander and get done for, you know what I mean, mis misinterpretation and, you know what I mean? And I just hope that, um, that obviously there is, there is some substance behind it all because um, because she came out with some uh, some quite interesting comments. And um, But if it is true, it's also out of order as well because, you know what I mean, there's, 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 a, there's a line and Rebecca Vardy has crossed it if she's done that because it's, it's massively out of order. And, you know what I mean? If she has done it, and I think it's fully deserves that she that she gets called out basically because if she has if she has done something that bad towards a so called friend because they spent a lot of time together, um, I just think it's really bang of order because she's done it for it'll have to be financial gain because I don't see what else she'll have done it for because you know what I mean you wouldn't do it for reputation because you know what I mean there's got to be a financial element to it and you know what I mean Jamie Vardy's on. I'd like to think about 100, 100, 100 plus thousand pound a week. So does she need the money? No. So if she's done that for financial gain, she needs a head looking at. Yeah, it's a weird one. So are you, uh, are you team Rooney or team Vardy? Um, to be fair, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of Colleen anyway. I'm not a big fan of, of, of the WAG um, hysteria and the WAG family. And I, I just think, I just think, you know what I mean? Who would who would Colleen be anywhere without Wayne, without Wayne Rooney? No, you know what I mean. She might be a little bit of, brand, of, of a brand. She's no Victoria Beckham, who's who's a Spice Girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rebecca Vardy is Rebecca Vardy is Jamie Vardy's wife. You know what I mean? Regardless what she's been on TV or what, whatever she does on social media, you know what I mean? She's Jamie Vardy's wife, and I think people sometimes need to remember that social media is not real. Um, you know what I mean? And 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 people. Like Rebecca and Colleen, they're just you know what I mean the the people who've married or met famous people, and you know what I mean. It should just be left at that, and they should just get on with their lives quietly and let the the, the husbands or boyfriends or crack on and do what they do what they do what they're good at because this could have an effect on Jamie Vardy. Will he get back in the England squad? You know what I mean. Will you know what I mean? It's 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 it's, it's unnecessary. It's just something that doesn't need to happen. So. I personally couldn't give less of a shit, but um, yeah. Rooney and um, so, so here's a question for you then: What if Wayne Rooney comes into the coaching setup of England mm. after he he, he sucks out, he enjoys Derby and he's doing well with the coaching? So Southgate brings him in to be the striker coach. That could cause huge issues for Jamie Vardy yeah. for, his, for, his, for his career. Yeah, massive. But what happens if he what happens if he does well at Derby and um, Brendan Rodgers gets him at um, Leicester City? You know what I mean? It has, it has huge implications on his football career, and it only makes makes everything so awkward because you've got Colleen, 
you've got Rebecca Vardy sitting in the same box. You've got it's just it's just unnecessary, and sometimes you just want to do your job and the, the, you, you, your social life and your, your love life and your family life is just a separate issue. You don't get people involved because what's next? Next is bringing kids into it and bringing parents into it. It's just, it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm kids. not a big, big, big fan of like the wag culture as a whole. It just feels like some of them, I'm not saying anyone in particular, just want to, they they almost want to be the ones who are famous rather than their... Yeah. You know, their, their That's all fake. That's fake. Yeah. Fake is Christmas. Okay, so who's the weirdest footballer you've ever met? The weirdest footballer I've ever met? Ooh. That's a, that's a strange one. Weird. Um, I've, come across, I've, I've come across some strange people as in who like, who like music, who... Like different music, you know what I mean. Willie Willie Ball and loved his, his 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 rock music and was a bit of a strange bit of a strange card now and again. But then obviously had his his normal traits as well. Um, Leo Fortune West was a was a strange he's a strange fella. Leo, I probably I probably say Leo. Leo was a strange fella. He came across like like he was the hardest, most angriest man in the world. And then I was his neighbour for a little bit when I when I first moved to Cardiff, and he was like a gentle giant. He'd be knocking on my door, asking me around for Christmas dinner, and and like, there's me, young, young kid, quite intimidated and scared because he's like yeah. three foot taller than me. So yeah, so I'd probably say Leo, but I probably wouldn't use the word weird. It was probably strange, probably strange more than weird. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, have you ever had any strange or weird interactions with celebrities, with a celebrity? Um, yeah, there was an interesting one. We had uh, we played Man United when I was at, when I was at the Borough. Um, we played Man United on a Saturday afternoon. We got beat 1-0. David Beckham scored in the 92nd minute. Um, he scored off the cross, to be fair. Well, it was, it was a shot, but it was a cross. But he's, he was that good anyway. He did what he wanted. And, and after the game, we were sat in the players' lounge and um, he came sat next to us. Um, I played, I played uh, left midfield that day. He played on the right. Um, and he came over. He was dead complimentary about how I played. I, I didn't think I was great, but I, I did a job to try and stop him doing what he was doing, which which worked, but didn't really get to play my game, what I wanted to do. But he came over quite complimentary, saying you did really well, worked hard. and uh, But he didn't, didn't come on his own. He came and sat with, um, brought his wife, which is obviously yeah. posh by, but wasn't, wasn't, she weren't married at the time. So Victoria uh, sat down. So I'm, I'm sat with him, her, a couple of the middle players, and, and Emma Bunton's just sat around the corner. So all of a sudden, Emma, what, 18-year-old lad and he sat with two of the Spice Girls and David Beckham, which was the most surreal thing. And, and then David Beckham buys you a pint of lager. It was like, this this isn't happening. You know what I mean? I'm, 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 a, I'm quitted because we've just lost. And then B, I've just uh, forgotten all about the game because I'm sat with uh, probably the, th- the three most famous people in uh, in Old Trafford at the time. Yeah. And you, so, were, yeah, just saying, you, you were just thinking, can, can you introduce me to Baby Spice? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last two questions then. Who is the most famous person in your phone? Apart from myself. Yeah. Apart from you. Um, the most famous person. Well, Define fame. You know what I mean? Famous to me. So the yeah. most famous person in my phone, I'll go Brian Robson. So, you know what I mean? Obviously, Robbo was my gaffer at Middlesbrough and, uh, and for me, Captain Marvel. And for me, they don't get any more bigger from my era for me than, than, than the gaffer so I'd go Robbo yeah 
Yeah, that's a good one. Got a, what about any non a non football famous person? Uh, uh, non football people, um, just people who um, are, uh, Jason Mohammed. I've got his number on, so I'm seeing. But I've got him through Cardiff, so you know what I mean. But yeah. he's probably the most because he's on the TV now. So it's yeah. So just yeah. Phone book full of stars. So, yeah. last question of the show before we get on to the the, the the greatest 10 second segment in all of podcasting radio. Who is the greatest player of all time from each home nation side? Ooh, in my opinion, right. So, where are we going to start? We're going to start with, we'll start with Republic of Ireland. So, I will go. Um, oh, I'll go Robbie Keane because the, the amount of goals he scored um, I think it's a no-brainer really I think um, you know I mean he's got to be up there you know I mean record goal scorer you know what I mean I, I love Cascarino I love Kevin Sheedy and, and the likes And but I think yeah it's got to be it's got to be him you know what I mean Roy Keane probably ran him a little bit close but yeah it's got to be him uh, I'd, uh, Northern I'd Ireland. Go, Robbie, uh, I'd go Liam Brady for Republic of Ireland. Oh, Liam Brady. Oh, yeah. Oh, for Northern Ireland. Oh, he's Republic only. What about, what about Northern Ireland and Sire? Let you go first for Northern. Oh, it's easy, isn't it? Georgie Best. Well, Georgie Best. Georgie Best for, for that. But then also, I've got David Healy as well. Because the amount of, mm. the amount of goals David's got, you know what I mean? Because in at the time as well, they were, they were poor. Big goals. And he's still. I remember when they beat England, they beat Spain. And he scored. He just used to, used to score all of the time. It was just, uh, um, no, yes, I'd go. Uh, yeah, I'd, 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 I can't go past George Best, though, because you would, yeah. you know what I mean? You can't. It's impossible. It's impossible. Um, Scotland? Do that next. Scotland, right? I'll go I'll, I'll go against the grain then, because I won't go centre forward, because I've just picked two. Um, uh, well, I'm going to go for one, because I'm going because I'm going to go for a, for the goal he scored in. Um, I think it was a 78 World Cup, so I'm going to go Archie Gemmel just for the goal he scored against Holland because, you know what I mean, I, 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 individual she goal at his best, you know what I mean? Because Holland were, were the side to beat as well at the time. So, you know, I mean, they, they were up there with the Brazilians and, and the football they scored. So Archie's goal was just, uh, was absolutely unreal. So, yeah, yeah he'd be my vote. I was, uh, I was leaning towards him. I did, Ali McCoist was uh, obviously... Yeah, like, I was thinking Ali. I think Ali's right up there as well. Archie Gemmel. Um, Alan Hansen for a, you know, like Alan a Hansen, yeah. kind of sleeper, sleeper. I was thinking, I was thinking Andy Gorham, but I, I was thinking Andy Gorham, but I scored a hat-trick against Andy, so I couldn't really pick him because it make, makes make a mockery out of uh, about, <laughs> about my hat-trick. <laughs> okay, so uh, what have we got next then? Uh, go Wales. We'll go Wales. Let's go Wales, yeah. Go on this style. Oh, I'll, Kenny I'll Dalglish. Pick. Kenny Dalglish. Oh, Scotland, yeah, Kenny Douglas. That's still going Archie Gamble. Still going Archie Gamble, though. That's just for that goal. Wales die. I'll, I'll, I'll leave you. I'll leave you. I'll leave you first. Gareth Bale, mate. Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm mixing up then. Players, I'm, but... I'm mixing up. I'll go gigs. I'll go gigs. I'll, I just he ran gigs as my hero. I just, he was yeah, just. Yeah. He's just do you know what I mean? But you got neighbours, aren't you? You know what I mean? Like it's just a. I don't, imagine those two on the same side. You got one on one wing, one on the other, or one or one feed on the other. That's yeah, it's just ridiculous. 
with Craig Bellamy in the middle. Oh. And then Mark Hughes holding the Mark Hughes, Mark Hughes holding the ball up. Oh yeah, Ian Rush, Dean Saunders. Ian Rush, Mark Bowen, who's just got a job by the way, he got the Reading job, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he, he got the Reading job. We'll be, we'll be able to talk about that next weekend. Right, England. England, go on then. Oh, too many to pick from. Too many to pick from. Uh, I would love to say Robbo, but I've got to go Gaza. Gaza's just, yeah, Gaza's, Gaza's Gaza. Gaza's Gaza. Got it how it's ending and got it how it is, but yeah, Gaza. So, I would go with Peter Shilton. Peter Shilton. Legend. I think he's one of the best goalkeepers to ever grace the game. Just the amount of caps as well. What was he, 101 or yeah. 121 or something? It's just ridiculous. Ridiculous yeah. amount of caps. Is obscene amount now. So let's finish off then um, with the fake Jordy Bingo Lingo. Right, I'm gonna mix it up a bit. I'm gonna mix it up a bit. So I'm going um I'm going food. So I'm going food. So this is uh this is a delicacy of uh Middlesbrough. So when you come down side, so we'll see uh we'll see what this what the script is when uh, when Cardiff when City come down to Middlesbrough. See if you can get you to come down. But um it's called a Parmo. And the palmo is a is a chicken, a scallop chicken. It's a palmo. Oh, it's the it's the it's the most fattening, more, but most delicious thing you've ever tasted. It's a breaded chicken scallop with bechamel sauce, cheese, and then more cheese on top of it, and it's just oh, it's to die for. You don't think you can get it past Leeds now? I think they've probably gone Leeds and bought a proper one. I'll um I'll send you a picture when I get one of the weekend, and it's just oh, it's just super. Super. That's right. So you come round, come round, well. come round, mine, come round, mine for a palmo. That's what it is. There's your burro lingo. Yeah, there you go. There go. That's right up my alley as well. That is chicken cheese. Nice. There you go. There's the winner. Right. Wicked. It's good fun. Okay. Thank you guys for watching. You can see uh, catch Andy on Twitter at AndyCampbell32. Catch me on Twitter at AceCast underscore Nation. Uh, check us out. Your videos youtube.com slash ace podcast nation audio versions of all the shows at all the podcasting sites facebook.com slash ace podcast nation and uh, yeah we'll see you all next week and then uh, we're maybe maybe thinking of uh, going live one of these days on a monday but uh, i've got to yeah. play around with the software first to make sure i know what i'm uh, know what i'm playing with because otherwise it could go badly wrong but uh, thank you mate <laughs> My pleasure, mate. Loved it. Yeah, always a good, good crack. And uh, we'll yeah. see you all next week, guys. Cheers. Top man. Take care. Podcast Network.